Gather round. It's time to pick the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is your... on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. <laughs> but that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Welcome to DFT, Dynasty Football Talk Podcast with my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Let's get it. Welcome in. I am your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host as always, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing today? Doing great. We've got some good Debbie talk today. I'm excited. Uh, the games yesterday were quite pleasing to watch. A little bit surprising in some aspects, but a good weekend of college football. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. It was a, like I said, a pretty damn good week of college football. A lot better than I anticipated, but we'll take it any any time we can get some good college football. Absolutely, that's what we live for. Kicked it off on Thursday night with my guy Cam Ward playing Utah. It was unfortunate for Utah's side of the ball that Cam Rising was not playing for whatever reason they didn't really say. But he didn't play, and I believe Utah came out with the W still. First time they've won in Pullman, Washington in a good 11 years. But they also haven't played there since 2015. So take that how you will. But Cam Ward looked pretty good to me. Showed off his wheels and his mobility. He does have some wiggle and some speed to his game. So that was nice to see him get out in the open field and use those legs. Show another element to his game that maybe a lot of people have not seen yet. He had no turnovers, which was fucking fantastic for him. Because people just love to kill him because he has eight interceptions so far this year. I'm thinking he's a turnover machine, which, in reality, that's not his game. I think that's a product of the offense. And then, he was also really accurate throwing the ball. 27 to 31. Can't really ask a college QB much better to do much better than that, really. Did you get to catch any of the game, or what were your thoughts on no, Cam Ward? I watched some of the highlights afterwards. Um, I mean, there's not much more to put on top of what you said. Extremely accurate, only had four incompletions. Uh, they didn't lose the game because of him. I mean, they were in the game because of him. Uh, leading rusher, and he he was the whole offense. I mean, the he, he does it all, and he fits that same mold we keep talking about about you know being good arm and being able to be mobile and and running the ball. Um, just sucks didn't have the supporting cast, yeah. but him him overall, I mean, hell of a game. I mean, I. Would anticipate him only having four incompletions and throwing the ball 30-plus times. No, his completion percentage has been under 70 for the whole year, so seeing that, it's really eye-popping for me. Especially against the Utah team that's got a pretty decent defense. I mean, the hell of a game from him just sucks they lost. Yeah, that's been the story with him all year. He's been good in my eyes, very good. Showed his talents, but there's nobody else around him to push them over the top to win or make him look even better than what he is. So it's just unfortunate for him that that's the situation that he's in. And But he's doing the best he can, trying to sh- shine through with his talent. So I'm still very high on him. Still my QB3 in the class. For, oh, sorry, QB4 behind a future Heisman winner, Hidden Hooker. We'll do a little bit more of our 
Heisman Top 5 talk later on in this episode. But here's a game that you could probably speak to more than I could. I know you watched a little bit more than I did. Ohio State going into the Nindy Lions of Penn State and Happy Valley. And quite frankly, getting pretty fucking lucky and escaping with a W there. So what were your thoughts on this game? Um, I mean, there, there's so many different thoughts that ran through my head watching this game, ups and downs. Um, first and foremost, I think C.J. Stroud, I hate to say it, I wish he would break out of the Ohio State NFL quarterback mold shit that everybody thinks Ohio State can't produce an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's the one. Um, I probably dropped him out of my Heisman top five. Um Quietly had a good game. I think he had one passing touchdown, 370-some yards, right around there passing. Uh, only had like six or seven incompletions, but uh, you got to give that, that guy, Marvin Harrison Jr., fucking hand. Uh, that kid's the fucking truth. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. But, um, no, the, the offense in general in the first half completely sputtered. I mean, he really didn't even get going until about midway through the fourth quarter, to be honest. Um, anytime we needed a big play, it seemed like CJ was hooking up Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. was the only one that could create separation. I think we're missing, that game, we're missing a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba because uh, Ibuka, and I still love Ibuka, but he just he wasn't, doing he much. wasn't doing much. I mean, he had the one great catch over the, throw, over the shoulder, but that was, to me, more of a CJ Stroud throw. And I'll say this about C.J. Stroud. He's a, I was saying like a system quarterback, but he's like on schedule, he's great. If he has to improvise or go off schedule, it's, it's like he Shit. can't make up his mind if it's not on schedule. You know what I mean? Like, like if it's not scripted, he, he, he can't make up his mind. It's the problem with that Ryan Day offense so far. I mean, Haskins, may he rest in peace. Justin Fields, both of them, they look damn good in college, but that's pretty easy to do when you're at Ohio State in a high-flying offense. But so far, when they were both, they both got to the league, same thing, they weren't on schedule all the time because it's the NFL. They just couldn't do anything. Still, Justin Fields still struggles to actually improvise and make a throw. He's great at improvising and getting out of the pocket and getting you some run, rushing yards, but moving around that pocket... Is not C.J. Stroud's strong suit, no. It seems like something Ryan Day, he knows how to put these good quarterbacks in a great positions and uh, highlight their arms and their talents of throwing the ball, but he doesn't do a good job of helping them. Developing them. Exactly. Moving around the pocket, having to play off schedule, play under pressure. It's like once there's pressure, they're done for. They don't know they, what to they do. They crumble. Yeah. Um, Especially I mean, Stroud. Every time he gets hit, it's like... it's. Maybe a little Michigan bias, but he just looks like he's about to cry. Like, he's just so befuddled that, oh, no, I got sacked. What the hell? The way I take that is that, like, he, he like, is disrespecting his O-line. Like, how are you letting these guys get to me? But mm-hmm. it's, I mean, you block with five and you bring eight. I mean, what, what do you expect the line to do? You got you to gotta be quick. I mean, we, we can go here round and round about, you know, Scheming up, doing short passes, blah, 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 all day about this offense. But uh, C.J. Stroud, talent-wise, I think he's got it. But, like, composure, decision-making, I, I I don't think he's there. Um, yeah, from what I've heard with Day's offense, it's 
less decision making on the quarterback. It's more about this is the play we're running. This is where you're going to look. Well, then they they scheme open guys. They run mm-hmm. concept routes that just get people open. And well, then you have a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. who just can get open every play. I mean, it, it kind of makes it easy. And I'm I'm not trying to necessarily knock Stroud completely because OSU fan. He's he's great in his own right, but with all them weapons there, it's it can't be too terribly difficult to put up numbers when you have that wide receiver room and that offensive line. I mean, all them, all just all the weapons there. It, I, you could toss a three star quarterback there, and he'd be all right. I'd agree with that. I mean, again, he only had seven incompletions, three hundred fifty yards, but only one touchdown. Right. And they put up forty four points. It wasn't because of him. No. Well, I also kind of got to tip my hat to Penn State because they were. I mean, that defense was was tough. We couldn't get the ground game going at all outside of. The two rushing touchdowns by Henderson. I mean, the one was a 41-yarder 40, or something like that. But before that, he had only had 37 rush, or the team only had like 37 for the game. Um, so, you know, one one boom play, and it leads to a touchdown, and that's huge. And then he had a seven-yard scamper later. But, you know, at that point, the game was kind of not over, but it was... It was shifting. Yeah. The momentum had already shifted. Um, the only reason we won that game was because the defense. Defense played great. JTT... Guy's a monster. I love me some. Was it Tui Molau? Mm-hmm. I, I love. Some, that was the coming out game. Um, but no, the the offense just looked like shit. Like I said, he quietly had okay three hundred. I said three seventy, but three fifty. Only one touchdown. I think they only had two red zone touchdowns on five or six trips. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the quote unquote best red zone offense in the country. We don't and then the, what, the last play of the half, he took the sack and fumbled. You yeah. can't take a sack in that no. situation. Well, like, if I mean, if there's six seconds left. You're you've got a timeout left. You got to be quick, mm-hmm. um, and you cannot take a sack. And if you do, you got to hold on with the fucking ball. All you got to do you is gotta be chuck that thing out of the back of the end zone. And you're good. You just oh, it's it's yeah to to get a intentional grounding in that spot right there. I mean, it's it's almost impossible because. You got less field to work with. You just throw it in the direction of a wide receiver. It sailed on me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's it's as long as you don't throw it through the uprights. Yeah, I mean it's it's easy. You know, they throw past a, a jump ball to Martin Harrison where only he can get it. Right. Julian Fleming, same thing. Only he can get it. It's not a bad throw. If, if you miss, you miss. You still got a, a second or two to kick a field goal. Um, That's my thing about Stroud is you know like situations like that. Like every quarterback knows awareness. Exactly. Yeah. Every quarterback knows you can't take a sack there, and he. You got to walk away with points. And it's not like they were in there right away. It was a good two, three seconds after the ball was snapped. But he still. Didn't I mean, get rid even, of it. even if he had thrown the ball and it was incomplete, there would have been no time left. That's what made zero sense to me. I mean, if, if you've got six seconds left and you're trying to. I mean, because we I think we were down 14 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to at least kick a field goal, go up, you know, go up before half. I mean, you got to run a, a quick slant. Right. A quick fade to the short side of the field. Something quick. I mean, he got hit with three seconds left and fumbled the ball, and there was no time left. If he had thrown the ball, I mean, the clock's expired. You're not going to run another play. Yeah, if you're going to do that, you need to bring in some extra blockers, a tight end, a running back, at least chip. To, if that's what you want, is that's going to be your last play of the half. you got to get the guy some time. Yeah, if, if you're going for broke and this is it, yeah, you need to... 
maybe use that last time out and draw something up and go a little bit deeper in the playbook. Mm-hmm. But still, three seconds, that's still a world of time, especially that close to the end zone. You know, routes aren't taking that long to develop. No, anyway, say a slant or a quick fade, back shoulder throw, I mean, three, four seconds, you you miss, you you still kick a field goal. That's what it should have been, just snap and just lob it up to the end zone to Marvin Harrison and see what happens. Right. Or so Nick Buka or Harrison slant over the... I mean, the options are endless, but you cannot take a sack there. I mean, the, the, the fumble and all that really, to me, doesn't matter because it it didn't change anything. It was still a sack and you didn't get points. Right. I mean, yeah, should he have not fumbled for sure, but I'd give two shits about that. It was the last play of the half. But you cannot take a sack in a situation. So, yeah, his situational awareness is... I mean, I'm 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 getting so down on CJ. It's it's not even funny. I'm about to start rooting for Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. You know what I mean? But no, CJ he'll he'll take the he'll take a trip to uh, the Heisman finalist because he's still going to put up the numbers. But I don't think he's the one that breaks that that mold for the Ohio State quarterbacks. I don't think so either. Unfortunately, and that's shitty to say, given he's. Most people's QB2, QB1 class, and that's really not very hopeful, or whatever you want to say. It's not looking good for this 23 quarterback class. Will Levis has fallen off a lot. Anthony Richardson has disappeared once again. Not a lot of people believe in Cam Ward. People still shit on DJU. Price Young's about the only one that... I would, well, not me, but most people really want. I still want Cam Moore, DJU, Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. I mean, we're looking at one quote unquote for sure thing in Bryce Young right now. Everyone else, there's questions about everyone else outside of Bryce Young, really. I think, which I think has been the problem with the, the last three house quarterbacks, CJ, Justin Fields, and Haskins, they all don't have it in the head. Their decision making. They, they, they're smart, but I don't think they're football smart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we saw both Haskins and Justin Fields fall a little bit. They're, I, I just don't think they're, that like their processing and ability to read defenses is where it needs to be, which is what a guy like Bryce Young is phenomenal at. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, again, it's, it's easy when you're a four-star quarterback and you go to a high-powered spread offense with, number one and like three receivers in the recruiting class and your your coach is great at drawing up plays and scheming, it's not that difficult to go out there and put up some points and stats and show you're pretty good at football. But it's when like last year against Michigan when the pressure was on, he crumbled. Right. You know, when that run game's not there to for them to lean on, he's not really that good. Whereas Bryce Young, if the run game's not there he can be a playmaker and take the game into his hands and do something. C.J. Stroud, it's it's got to be right there for him on a silver platter is what it seems to be right now. Right. If it's not there, then he's not there. Anything off schedule, it's just it's not good. No, Which no. we got spoiled, I think, with Justin Fields because he was good at off schedule shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just don't get Stroud's inability or unwillingness to scramble and get outside. I don't get why he just wants to be a statue quarterback. I don't get to do it because I mean we've seen it this year more than I think we saw it already this year more than we saw it all of last year. I mean he's not saying like he's you know a four five four six runner, but he's got some he's got some some wheels. He can he can make some shit happen, right. um, which has been my biggest I shouldn't say biggest, but one of the biggest knocks I've had on him is just you know, take what the defense gives you, and whether that's 
throwing or running. I mean, if if the pocket around you is collapsing and you see right in front of you, there's no middle linebackers and you can get 15 yards running and slide. Take it. Go ahead. Take it. It's there. If they're willing to give you a first down, take it. Maybe, maybe you slide and get get hit. You know, you can get a a late hit or whatever. The roughing, I don't know. Roughing the I don't know if it's roughing back. Today when we were texting yesterday, I said it looks like he's just flat out afraid to get hit. He no. doesn't want to get hit. Right. And when he does, again, he see his expressions are why the hell did that happen? That shouldn't be happening to me. It just seems like he's afraid to take a hit in football, and that's that's not good. No, I mean, to I, I agree with you on. Like his, his, just his facial expressions and body language after getting up after taking a hit, whether it be a sack or just a pressure or QB knockdown, he looks like what the fuck. Right. You know, this this is unacceptable. How dare Buddy, someone you, you play quarterback? You're gonna get hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not fully out on CJ Stroud by any means, but he is going down. My I had him as my QB one preseason coming out this year, and right now I think he's QB three behind Bryce and Hooker. That's the direction he's trending for me. At. That's coming from an OSU fan. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. I thought a few weeks ago that Stroud was the locked and loaded QB1. I was more down on Bryce Young than most, but he's grown on me <clears> as I've watched some more film on him. and I don't see C.J. Stroud doing anything this season to overtake him. Unfortunately, but I'm probably right there. He might end up my QB3 when I do my rankings again this weekend. I mean, this, this time of year... With the schedule, this is the perfect time to see C.J. Stroud and see what he's about. If he can win out, maybe he goes back to QB2 for me. Right now, I mean, he, he's, he's spiraling downwards for me. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know if we'll beat Michigan with the way. We won't beat Michigan if we play the way we did yesterday. No, you won't. So. It'll be another fun day for that Michigan defense getting after it. But we can go over to the, the Penn State side. Um, yeah. Parker Washington had himself a hell of a, hell of a game. Um, he did. He kind of reminded everyone why we thought so highly of him in the Debbie community just last season. Yeah, so. he he had a he had a coming out party too. I mean, he was the leading receiver in the game. Um, I don't know if he finished that, but at one point he had ten catches for 170 yards. I don't know what he finished with. Yeah, he had 11 for 179. So yeah. Marvin so, Harrison beat him out by four yards. Right. And he had 10 catches. I think Marvin Harrison had 10 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Parker Washington, yeah, had a fucking hell of a game. I don't. Winning one on one jump balls against Tanner McAllister, uh, lining up in the backfield, doing the te- old Texas route. I mean, he. Mm-hmm. Loved that route. Did it all, man. Um, finally, finally showed up. You know, biggest, biggest. Probably biggest game of his career so far, and went out there and fucking did the damn thing. It was really nice to see. Throw us another 23 wide receiver into the hat and draw the name, see where he, see where he finishes after this season, because right now it's top five is about wide open. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him continue to rise, as long as they continue to feed continue, him. Right. Which, who else do they really have? I mean, Outside of the running backs, nobody. I mean, Lambert Smith... I'm fairly keen on him, but I think Parker Washington is way better than him. Uh, the freshman, Caden Sanders or Saunders, he hasn't really played much. So who else? Who the hell are they throw Right now to? getting playing time, I mean, really nobody. And like you said, the running backs, Nick Singleton, we all know him, even though the past couple weeks 
he seems like he's on a decline compared to what he was doing beginning of the season, but I guess that'll come along with playing a Big Ten team week in, week out. We know it's coming. Right. But Catron Allen, another freshman in that backfield, he's looked arguably better than Nick Singleton in the last two games. He definitely looked better against Ohio State than Singleton did. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, Singleton, I think he, I mean, he was, he'd get you for like three or four yards a pop, but he never really popped anything much more than that, I don't think. Um, whereas Allen, I know he had the receiving touchdown late. I just feel like he was a, against Ohio State, he was the more versatile weapon kind of doing everything. Um, Singleton seemed like they were just running, just running between the tackles or outside the tackles. And Allen seemed like he was just all over the field. Yeah, every time I watch Penn State so far, Catron Allen does pop. Yeah. So he really stands out a little bit more than Nick Singleton currently, which is. And getting into the heat of the Big Ten schedule, you know, teams that aren't Ohio State, Michigan, um, they're. Running back production is going to go down. You look like Braylon Allen, uh, Singleton, you know, shit like that. But uh, I'm excited for for Allen. The two the two freshman running backs I'm excited for. Yeah, I mean last week against Minnesota, Singleton had 79 and two, Katron Allen at 77. So I mean Katron Allen's right there with him. Singleton just found the end zone, had a little bit. He had a 36-yarder or 30-yarder compared to Catron's 14. But still, Allen was right there with him, performing well. Against Michigan, you know, neither of them did anything. They were just both locked down. So maybe there's a little Zach Evans, Quashon Junkins going on here. But it is nice for Pitt State. No, their future is bright, especially if they ever get Drew Aller out there. Should have been out there against Ohio State. I don't know. In Sean, my opinion, Sean Clifford didn't look bad, at least not until, well, well he, he, he made a couple bad throws. But. Sean Clifford in the beginning played competent in the middle, then Sean Clifford at the end. Right, right. I mean, Sean Clifford against Michigan, Michigan all over the damn place. Right. So at least we saw Drew Aller, Drew Aller in that one. But it will definitely be the Drew Aller show next year. Yeah, I think the future is bright for Penn State. Now between him, the two summer running back and Caden Saunders or Sanders, they got some weapons out there, and their offensive line's always competent, not the worst. Usually middle of the road, and they usually play pretty solid defense. So it'll be fun to watch Penn State over the next season or two and see how these Debbie prospects hopefully blossom and continue to grow. Right. But as we talked a little earlier, a little Heisman talk, Hendon Hooker. He was my front runner for the Heisman a couple weeks ago. He remains the front runner, and I've seen a lot of betting odds. He's the odds-on favor currently for the Heisman. So, is he your front runner? Are you still going with Drake May, who had himself another five touchdown game for the fifth time this season? No, um, I mean to me, when when I was doing that with you, I kind of wanted to be contrarian and just not completely agree with you. Um, I've been on the Hidden Hooker train here for several weeks. Um, I think I'm right now. I think I have Hendon Hooker as one and Drake May down to two. No fault to Drake May, but just that Hendon Hooker victory against Kentucky looks fucking amazing. And it's, I mean, I I thought that would be somewhat of a game, and it was not even close. So yeah, this weekend is going to be another real test for Hendon Hooker going into Georgia and Athens, playing on the road, number one versus number three. 
That well, I think that'll decide. This will decide if he wins it or not. If he wins this game, he wins it. If he loses it, I shouldn't even say that. If he loses it and it's close and it's not because of him, he could still win it. But if they get paddled and he's non-existent, I don't think he wins it. Yes. Somebody's got to have a Heisman moment. This could be his. Yeah, probably some moment number two coming down the shoot. I think he's going to have it. Personally, I think they're going to go in and take down the Bulldogs at home. You think I, so? I do. I think it'll be another really close yeah, SEC shootout. game all over again. Yeah, we always talk about these great SEC defenses, but it seems like when the top teams get together, the defenses just go right out the window and we have shootouts everywhere. It's like they decide to pack it up and go to Pac-10 country, or sorry, Pac-12 country, showing my age a little bit with that one. Right. But I think it'll be a really fun game. Debbie Prospects just littered everywhere, mostly on Georgia's side of the ball, but Cedric Tillman for Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt for Tennessee. They got a couple. They got a couple guys. They got a couple running backs that are starting to rise up a little bit, and of course, really want to see Hidden Hooker against another stout defense. That, that's what I'm just. I'm more excited about is just to see what Hidden Hooker does against a, a, the best defense he's played all year. Yeah, yeah, they might be the best. Just might be. No, I, I but, mean, I mean, Hooker is. <laughs> seeming to be the perfect blend, kind of like Bryce Young, of game manager, not making mistakes, because he's thrown, what, one interception? One interception, and, 21 in touchdowns. Yeah, he's thrown one pick in, like, however many games dating back to last season. And, of course, it was against Bama, so it happens. Between that being great at managing the game, he can still go out there and win you the damn game and make some plays. So it right. seems like he's that perfect blend that you're looking for. But he seems to be the... Dynasty football talk consensus. Heisman front leader at this point. I have Bryce Young currently in second. He'll stay right there for the time being. Drake May is assuming you're second right now. Yeah, yeah. Drake May is just having a hell of a year. Um, Would you say five games of five touchdown passes already? Yeah, that's crazy to think. 25 touchdown passes in five games. Right. I mean, I know it's the ACC and they're not... Not the best, but you know, the kids went out there and balling the hell out. Um, that Bryce Young, I would have in in uh, in third. Third, yeah, that's. I had C.J. Stroud there. I think I'm gonna knock him down a little bit, just down to fourth. Gonna bring up my guy, play Corm to third. Oh. Another thirty-plus carry game, 133 rush yards, found the end zone, as always. So he's just, he's on fire right now. Just seems to be pretty damn unstoppable. Getting 100-plus yard games about every week. One-plus touchdown. So, with the way C.J. Stroud has been playing, not just his numbers, but the way he's been playing, I think I'd push Blake Corbin in the third as of right now. And then push C.J. down to fourth. Right, so I've got, I'm just trying to, to recap this. I've got Hooker, May, Bryce, uh, fourth, I'm going to go Max Duggan. Really? From TCU. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with you? Because I'm knocking C.J. Stroud out of I'm thinking about knocking C.J. Stroud out of the top five. He is out of the top five now. What makes you put the TCU signal caller in your top five right now? I mean, he's right up there with him and Hooker. Uh, Stat-wise? Pretty much, yeah. He's yeah. got... 22 passing touchdowns. He's only he's got one more interception. He's got two, so 
Yeah, that's why Hooker's in first. Two, he plays in the Big 12, for God's sake. He should have zero. He should, but he's passing the ball a hell of a lot more. Um, his QB rating's nowhere near as good as Hooker, but that's why he's in fourth. Um, that's a little bit of a turn there. Well, didn't see that coming. I, I will put Blake Corham in fifth, as much as I hate to say it. He's, nah, that's he's, what I'm talking he's having, about. He's having a hell of a year. Um, as a fan, I would... I'm going to sound odd saying this, but I would... As a fan, I think Blake Corum should be higher, but I think that we know it's a quarterback how the award. Right, how it goes. It's a it's a quarterback award. Unfortunately. So realistically I have Corum at five, but if I was doing it off of the best player, putting up the best stats and who I think deserves it, he'd probably be third. Yeah, that's why I have him. Hopefully we I mean we broke the mold. A year or two ago with Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith. Yeah, but he had a fucking hell of a year. Then went back to it with Bryce Young. Hopefully we break that mold again with Blake Corum from a Michigan fan standpoint. But I think Hidden Hooker, again, if he wins this weekend, they win out. Even if they lose the SEC title game, I think. I don't think there's a if, – if he wins this week, wins out, and does exactly like you said, even if he yeah, loses the SEC game, SEC title game, I don't think there's any way he doesn't. Because they don't win out if he doesn't show out. Exactly. If they win, they go undefeated, he is the reason why. Right. There's no way around and no way fans or butts. Without Hidden Hooker, they're not undefeated. No, they're not even not even close. They're right back to, you know, seven and five. You put Joe Milton in there, they're subpar mediocre most likely. Right. Absolutely. Um I personally, like I said earlier, I even if, if they lose to Georgia and it's close and Hooker makes some some crazy plays. I think he could still win it. Yeah, it's, it's close. That shows something. I mean, the, to me, Hooker's the odds-on favorite, and it's 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 pretty. He's got a pretty far lead to me right now. Yeah. So Drake May, in my rankings, Drake May and Bryce Young are, are like two A, two B. They're they're pretty well interchangeable. I just like what Drake May's doing a little better. <clears throat> yeah. I haven't seen much Heisman hype for Drake May outside of you, which is surprising. Again, five touch—he's got twenty-five touchdowns in five games. He's right. played great the whole season, especially within the Debbie community. He's really shot up Debbie boards. So I am a little surprised that he's not getting more Heisman <clears throat> hype. Again, we know it's a QB award, and he's a top sophomore going out there and doing the damn thing and putting up great stats. So I don't know why he doesn't get more hype. I personally don't have him top five. I'm in that no hype crowd, if I would say. But I got my guy Caleb Williams holding on at number five. Yeah, USC didn't play this week, I don't believe. So I got him right behind CJ Stroud. If you don't lose, you can't do nothing. You can only go down. You can't go up. But who I've knows? CJ Stroud, he might be like you. He might be like you for me next week. He might be out of my top five, depending on what he does. Because right. you guys play what? Indiana, uh, next I think. Week, I think it's Indiana. And then Maryland. And then. The Shellac. Nah, I think we've got. Nope, we got one more one game. More game. Yeah. So, I can't remember. I know it's Indiana, Maryland, but I don't know who's after that. Then you guys. Well, either way. Oh, Indiana's... no, we play Northwestern next week. It's Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland. Uh, wow. Northwestern shouldn't be done. I don't know if I'll watch that game. Well, save yourself three and a half hours and watch some other I'll good watch football some other games. Yeah, 
Uh, but getting back to like Drake May not getting any type of Heisman buzz, I've heard Max Duggan getting Heisman buzz, which is crazy. Which is being crazy. At TCU in the Big Twelve, right? That, that was kind of my thought. I mean, I heard. I mean, I've I've seen it on Twitter, and I heard even like Joe Clatt while watching the Ohio State game said it. I was like, this guy's getting buzzed, but how is Drake May not? I mean, he's got like no traction. Yeah, that, that to me, the, like that's why I kind of have him a little bit higher in my personal opinion, Drake May, because like it's one of them like if he makes it there, I'm be like, told you so. You know what I mean? Right. Again, like being again being contrary and being like devil's advocate, like he's got no buzz, so I'm gonna personally probably keep him a little higher based on him not getting any traction or buzz. Well, the Joel Clatt thing is cool and all, but I I personally attribute that to being on Fox and Fox also having a contract with the Big 12. Right. You know, the ACC's not on Fox, so... Yeah, he, like I said, you see on Twitter that good old Max is getting some buzz, but the Joel Clatt part, I just... He's no, a you, company you can, man. You, you can chalk... Yeah, you can chalk that up to yeah being a company suck but because that was still, one of the first times I've heard it from Max as well and I was like we're watching Ohio State and Penn State what is this shit is, right then it hit me it's like ah that's right contract with the Big 12 so it makes sense ah uh, there's, there's money being exchanged there that's just a sponsor but uh, no CJ Stroud he'll probably follow my top 5 if he continues to not look as great on the field I, it's not going to happen next week because they're playing Northwestern so he's we'll that, that whole, it's going to be a tune-up game that whole offense should should be humming should be humming um, the week after that is Indiana maybe they're, maybe that be the tougher. week they're tougher than Northwestern but I think again the offense should still be humming but that Maryland game might be yeah, if, you're gonna, no if you're going to drop him out of the top five it'd probably be after that Maryland game yeah who knows Drake May could just play so well he overtakes he, him entirely possible too Entirely possible too. Blake Coral might get hurt, be out for a season. Hole. He might, he might drop out. He might have to switch him with Donovan Edwards. It's anything could happen. We've so seen. Now we're wishing it. No, 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 no. Weeks before the game, no, I see. How this I, is. I'm not wishing injury amongst anybody. I don't want to see anybody hurt. But if Blake Coral got hurt, I would pray for him and be ha- not happy. I would pray for him and hope that he comes back the week after the OSU Michigan game. It's all right. Donovan Edwards can get it done against that. Fucking piss poor Ohio State defense. Let Penn State hit 30 on you. Yeah, our defense needs a little bit of help. That's the defense I was worried about seeing all year, and I was like, maybe, they, maybe they've got it figured out. Maybe Knowles has got it figured out. It reared the ugly head. It did. It did. Well, the defense forced quite a few turnovers, though. There, there, there's some positives. Hey, hey, it was Sean Clifford, okay? It was, we don't have to be a good defense to force that guy to turn it all out. No, the, the two interceptions he had in the pick six... And then the strip sack. I mean, it, we're we're going way off subject, but that's I'm like saying turn it over Baker team. Mayfield or Daniel Jones is hard to do. It it just happens for those guys. No, it does, but it's a little different when your defensive lineman is jumping t- two and a half foot off the ground, taking it off before he even makes it past the line of scrimmage. Oh, I don't want to hear that. He's not a damn defensive end. He's an edge rusher. There's oh, a difference. It's the same fucking thing. Not anymore. He. He's a fucking linebacker playing on the line. Let's be real here. That's why he can get up that high. Aiden Hutchinson ain't getting up that high. He's a freaking ass because... No, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah. Keeps the cracker jokes to a minimum yeah. here. But just a little look ahead for this upcoming weekend. We touched on the Georgia-Tennessee game we're really excited for. Alabama goes into Baton Rouge to play LSU. LSU beat Ole Miss 
not yesterday, but the previous week. Pretty convincingly. Convincingly. They are 6-2 and two and ranked. Right. And it is Baton Rouge, Death Valley. I don't recall what time the game didn't, is. Didn't LSU's quarterback have a hell of a game, though, that week? He went the hell off against Ole Miss, I think. Yeah, mostly. He accounted for, like, five touchdowns or something. Yeah, but they were mostly on the ground, so I... The offense still didn't look too great. Oh, it's a 7 p.m. game, so it's going to be a night game mm-hmm. in Death Valley. It's going to be tough. I think Bama still pulls it out, but I don't think it'll be a huge blow. I like most would expect. No, uh, Bama's 12-point favorites right now. Um, I think it'll be a game, but it just depends. It seems like it depends on which LSU team shows up. Um, if it's the same LSU team that played against Ole Miss... Yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely could be a could be a game. But if it's you know the LSU that showed up against Tennessee, which Tennessee is looking like a totally different animal, it, it might not be a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's um, Bama. We've seen them in a very close to Texas early in the year, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities that LSU gives them fits and keeps it close, especially with the environment Bama's going into. They've already went into a hostile environment in Tennessee and lost. So it could happen again. I wouldn't bet on it. Well, I might. The odds are pretty good to bet on. But I think Bama walks away with another W. And Bryce Young rises in the Heisman a little bit more. Yeah. That, depending, I mean, we already kind of know what Bryce Young is. He, you know, he won it last year. But <clears throat> if he goes out there and convincingly, if Bama convincingly beats LSU and he goes and has a game, which he should, It'll probably be number two above Drake May for me. Now you're thinking clearly. Yeah. Uh, the other game outside of Michigan or Ohio State that we're looking forward to, Clemson at Notre Dame. That'll be a fun one, I think. Notre Dame looked good this past week. Yeah, who they stomped? Syracuse. Syracuse. Yep, had yeah. a pick six on the first play. And Syracuse made it close with Clemson the week before, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... So that'll probably be a pretty good game. DJU comes back to the stomping grounds to where his career started to take off. I don't think it'll be as good as a game as we had two years ago in South Bend, but DJU goes back to a familiar defense. Maybe he looks back to form, hopefully. And I would like to hope so, considering my initial highs in rankings. I think I had him three or four. So Yeah, that um, really didn't turn out well. No. Uh, DJ or not DJU, but Clemson's like three and a half point favorites currently. I I think Clemson wins by more than that, but I think it's a good game. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I mean, it's Notre Dame at home, and Marcus Freeman seems to have got Notre these Dame guys. Home, night game. I mean, it's it's got good game written all over it. And Freeman's got these guys going in the right direction. It took a few weeks, but finally seemed like they're humming. Right. So it should be a very good game to watch. And then for me, I know I just had did some rankings earlier before we recorded. Just a, some slight movements for me. I moved to Jatanion Sanders, moved up to my tight end three. Moved right. up. Who'd you, who'd you drop down? I swapped him and Oscar Delp. About damn time. So I watched a little bit more film on Jatanion, and I think he's really going to be a legit he's, NFL he's, tight he's end. He's got some buzz right now. So I can't. Texas was on by this week, I believe. I think they're on by again next week, too. So, sucks to get double buys, but it is the Big 12. It happens sometimes. Seems like half the conference is on buys when they have buys. They just weeks. lost last week, though, right? They lost 
feel like they lost. It's Texas. They probably did. They're not fully back yet. Which is crazy with the NFL prospects that they currently have, that they're not going out there winning more games. Yeah, but it seems like year over year they always do this, though. But I think they're doing a lot better with Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, love me some Sark. That guy's really a great offensive mind, especially when it comes to developing these players. Seems like so far he's done a very good job of it. Oh, no, they lost to Oklahoma State the week before last. That's right, when Quinn Ewers just uh, didn't do well in the fourth quarter. Yeah, dropped, dropped an egg. And then I moved up another tight end for the 23 class. Is Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. I think he's going to be at least drafted. You know, he's got some receiving chops to him, more of a blocking guy, but we've seen blocking guys turn into good receivers, a la right, George Kittle. Right, right. So... I bumped him up just a wee bit. I liked watching him play. And then, running backs, Katron Allen went up about four spots for me. <coughs> Got him right behind your guy, Will Shipley. So that'll be nice. And then I just did a little flip-flopping. Quashawn Jenkins went from my RB7 to my RB5. Zach Evans went down to my RB7. And Raheem Rocket Sanders is now my RB6. So just a little shuffling of the RBs, trying to get those in order. Zach Evans is slowly starting to fall below. Because Judkins. Yeah, yeah, Judkins seems like he's just overpowering him, no. taking over that backfield. Right. So he's slowly, yet ever so quickly, falling behind Tate Bigsby and Blake Core for the 23 class for me. Did you think about lowering Singleton at all? I did not, no. No? You think it, it's just because it's the toughest part of their schedule that he's just not producing? As well. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to think, you go back and watch the non-conference games, a lot of, a few of his big plays were popping into the outside and just getting down the sideline. That's not really going to happen in the Big Ten that often. Right. right. So you get them big chunk yardage plays like that, 50-plus yards, it's not going to happen when you're you're not faster than the guy lining up against you. Yeah, so I think it's just, just growing pains for him. They're trying to get him in between the tackles a little bit more where he's going to be hopefully making most of his hay in college instead of trying to get those big runs every play. Right. But quarterbacks, similar to the running backs, just a little shuffling. J.J. McCarthy moved up to QB 8 for me. And then DJU and Will Levis went from 8-9 to 9-10. Will Levis has just fallen off the face of the earth for me. I'm I'm surprised you're still having that high, honestly. Well, when you look at the quarterback landscape, I mean... <laughs> no, I know. When you got the guys, <laughs> guys below him, you've got... we got a two, really, two really... Two guys that start and... No, three guys that start and the rest are just waiting. Oh, I mean, when you... Well, yeah, six really, really good quarterbacks, I'd say. And then the rest are kind of got to prove it. And then we got another tier that, like you said, are freshmen that just haven't played yet. So Wait, Waiting for their turn. At the very top-heavy right now. For the QB landscape, in my opinion, Jackson Dart's right behind these guys. Jared Hall from BYU is also there. Uh, I, then Drew Aller. Then my guy, who had another big game, Shadur Sanders. What would he do? Because I didn't even watch him. Well, just typical, not many incompletions, high completion rate, not many mistakes. Another blowout win for Jackson State. Prime Sanders is doing it. So whatever the FCS equivalent to the Heisman is that Cam Ward has won previously, I think Shadur Sanders is going to claim that this season. And 
I've been hearing some rumblings that a lot of people think he's actually going to transfer to either a Power 5 or Group of 5 next season for his junior year, a la Cam Ward. LSU? It's, I mean, hey. Is there any word on where, or is it just... There's no word on where, but you never know. I mean, Florida State, Travis Reed, he's good, but I'd take Stuart Sanders over him. Tennessee? Could be. Kentucky will be a very popular transfer spot without Will Levis. they got a couple weapons. Mm, Florida? No. No. I I actually think Anthony Richardson is going to return to Florida. You think so? I don't think he's going to come out. You don't think so? I I think it would be smart for him to stay. It would be. Because he's... he's, He's probably a day three pick at this point. That's... That's pushing it. With the way he's looked at times this year, he just has looked very incompetent and not good. Right. So I think he... Plus, I mean, day three at best this I, year. I think he comes back. So for, for his career outlook, I think it would be best for him to stay one more year and polish up and put some better film out there. That way, you know, bring some teams back in. Yeah, I mean, we could... UCLA might be a landing spot. DTR is gone after this year. I know they have another freshman. I believe he was a three or four star. But when you can get a quarterback like Shadur Sanders that has proven it for two years, not at the highest level, but he's still deadly accurate. We're, we're going to get to what we keep on saying. If you can play football, you can fucking play football. And to me, he has it between the years. Right. Right. He can. Um, he's very talented on the field, but I think he understands. You know, I'm sure being... Dion's son helps a lot with that. Dion's taught him, taught him some things over the years. But oh, absolutely. Probably one of the, you know, obviously the best teacher he probably has. Oh, yeah. I, I just think he's got it between the ears and he's got it on the field and the arm talent. Right. He's and, got some wheels, it's, too. And but some good genetics. Uh, probably <laughs> couldn't get better at this point. Right. But I don't know. There could be a... We thought about it a little bit more. I'm sure there's a lot. We'll a lot have more. to... Maybe we could come up with something for next week. But that'd be something that I'd... I'm definitely going to keep an eye on because that could like, not necessarily change the landscape of college football, but if he goes to the right team. If he goes to a I group mean, of... We might be talking about a Bur- Joe Burrow LSU situation again, you know what I mean? So I was to say, if he goes to a Power 5 team that has a lot of other only, areas... Only missing a quarterback. Yeah, he could step right in and said, do what Joe Burrow did his second year, not his first year. Right. But right, right. right. That was possible. That's but, what I'm getting at. It was just a little bit of my rankings update when I sat on this morning and looked at them and realized I need to change a few things around. And I felt a lot better after I did. I haven't even touched mine, but... Yeah, it's about do, time for you to get it going. I'll do mine this week, and then we'll discuss more rankings. We'll, we'll discuss the rankings next week and where I differ from you, because I'm sure there will be a lot of differences. Oh, I sure hope so, and I can't wait for all that. Them, all them blue guys will be, <laughs> be down low. No, I won't do that. I, I try to I try to be as unbiased as possible. It's hard at times, but I'm I'm I would say I'm more one of the or I am one of the more realistic OSU fans. I would concur, especially living in Columbus. You deal with lots of uh, incoherent and quite frankly ignorant OSU fans, that assholes that think that their shit don't stink. No, from my point of view, it is probably the worst shit I've ever smelled when they get like that. Especially in the couple of games can, that I've gone to at the shoe. Oh, I, I, can, I can definitely see why you are a Michigan fan. 
because there are some bad ones out there. I just remember years ago, I went to a game. It was back when Toral Pryor was playing. Oh, yeah. Malcolm shit. Jenkins plays quarterback. I remember that. You and I went to that one. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, I remember that. Malcolm Jenkins. When did Malcolm Jenkins start playing quarterback? Because they both wore number two. It was like, oh, buddy. What? That'll do it for this week's Debbie Talk episode. Hopefully it'll be another fun-filled week of some exciting college football. We definitely have some better matchups on the slate for this week. Hopefully you'll join us again next week. You can find us on Twitter at DFT Podcast. You can find myself, Paul, at Gump7285. You can find Derek at D underscore Cook93, and that is K-O-C-H. So once again, hopefully you enjoy your college football weekend, and see you again next week. See you guys.